Welcome to Once Upon East 112, as we have most recently learned that we are the official podcast of New Zealand. Um, I am Aaron Avra, and my co-host is Donna Tiscaro. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing great, Aaron. I hope. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Um, for those of y'all who are listening, um, we say that we are the official podcast of New Zealand because we have learned that we have at least four New Zealanders <laughs> who have been listening into the show. Uh, so if that is you, please reach out to us at, you can Instagram at, at once upon East one twelve or Instagram, find Aaron Avra, Donatus Carroll. Please let us know that it's you. Um, because we would love <laughs> to find out how you stumbled upon a podcast from the state of Georgia. Um, <laughs> that only has approximately like 22 listeners right now. <laughs> so please hit us up. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to the people of New Zealand. They, uh, they took us over that 20, 20 mark. They without, did, eh? <laughs> without you guys, we are at what we're at 18 people. So thank you, New Zealand. <laughs> oh man. So today on the podcast, um, for the first time in three podcasts, we will not be talking about the Browns. <laughs> we will not be talking about how Freddie Kitchens continues to make bad play calls. We will not talk about how the Browns continue to let me down. We will not talk about OBJ and his concerning, maybe concerning things. Uh, I, if you notice, I keep saying this because I'm hurt, but we're not going to talk about them today. It is ball season. We are moving into college football bowl games um and so we have kind of collected uh between me and dantis a list of games that we deem in our opinion the most interesting games uh, and then of course we're going to talk about the semifinal games the playoff games that will eventually lead to a national champion uh how's that sound dantis oh, i'm excited man it's ball season it's part of the best time of college football um Kind of times I, I love bowl season because you get to kind of compare conferences, um, kind of see like strength versus strength. You get to see like the mid pat the middle teams versus the other middle teams and conferences. Man, I love bowl season. I'm also the huge uh, I don't know what the word is a fan or supporter of um, expanding the playoff system. I know that's down the road, but as it is right now, man, I, I love bowl season and I'm super excited about it. Same here. I'm just glad, and we'll talk about it when we get there. I'm just glad that we finally have a playoff system yeah. um, that we'll talk about. And, and I do agree. It, maybe not this year. It should have been expanded because we saw some teams play their way out. All right. uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, I, I, I agree with you there. And the first game on our docket we're going to talk about, and one trend you may notice is these are some of the um, – bigger teams because you know we love football but i don't know next to anything about eastern michigan so therefore i am not interested <laughs> in eastern michigan we are going to talk about first off the outback bowl which features auburn and minnesota i don't what interests you about this game what are you looking at what are you you excited to see when you sit down and watch the outback bowl yeah, so um, Auburn and Minnesota, this is this is one of those games that I was talking about where you get to kind of see the strength versus strength um, of two of the, I guess, I guess collectively maybe um, across the board, the SEC, obviously uh, number one conference in college football, no question about it. I think the Big Ten is by a lot of people the second strongest conference. Um some people may argue the Big 12. Um, I don't think you're going to get anybody argue the Pac-12 or the ACC. Um, so I'm excited to see. I think Auburn probably finished maybe as one of the top four or five teams in the SEC. Obviously, they have two different divisions. Um, and Minnesota, probably that third or four uh, – third or fourth team in the in the big 10 um again they have separate divisions i'm excited to kind of see i'm intrigued to see how bo nix plays uh the yeah quarterback for auburn um he's had he's so he's a true freshman 
which makes it kind of hard to to be hard on him and to, to kind of judge him. Um, but he's had kind of like an okay year. Um, he's done good in the games that you would expect him to do good in. But in the big games, um, he, he hasn't done too well. He's he struggled against um, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Uh, they were one in three in those two in those four games. Um, and probably should have been owned four if it wasn't for Alabama. Um, kind of having to miss cues at the end of at the end of that game. Um, but in those games, all, as I was looking looking at his stats, all his stats were kind of the same, right? So he threw for about 150 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, and so it appears like he doesn't necessarily show up yet in those big games. I know he played good against um, Texas A&M and then obviously against Oregon, which was kind of his coming out party. Um, he played really well. And I think what we saw – from him in Oregon kind of at least it got me excited thinking he was going to kind of be one of those true freshmen that came in and not necessarily had like a Trevor Lawrence type season but kind of took college football um over and he he just didn't necessarily have that kind of year so I'm excited to see intrigued interested whatever word you want to use to see how he plays in his first um postseason game I'm also interested to see um and this will this will probably be a, a theme across as we talk about the bowl season. Um, which NFL prospects play? Mm. Auburn Auburn has the defensive tackle. I believe his name is Derek Brown. He's a top ten, top fifteen, possibly top twenty NFL prospect. Um, but definitely, he should be in the top fifteen. Um, arguably, one of the best defensive linemen in college football. Um, He's like 6'5", 330. He's just like a, a man child. Like <laughs> he is a man child. I mean, it blows my mind that kids like he's probably, you know, 21, 22 years old. And he's just he, he's a man child, man. Um, so I'm excited to see, does he play? Um, how much does he play? I know he had I think he had an injury. So to see, you know, does he set out to to save himself or does he play? How much does he play, and then what's Minnesota's answer going to be um, for for him? Um, Minnesota was one of those teams that kind of came out, and I don't know, you may have seen this coming, but they kind of surprised me. Yes, um, definitely. I was not expecting Minnesota to do good. Um, their coach, I believe his name is P.J. P.J. Fleck. Fleck. Uh, That's what I'm going to um, talk about when I talk. So I'm talk about some he PJ. has done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He has done. No, you're <laughs> good. He has done an amazing job with Minnesota. Um, I'm not sure what their record was last year, but I don't know that in the time that I've been watching Minnesota, that I ever remember Minnesota being relevant. Um, and he's done. He's done an amazing job with them. Um, they've got a couple of studs at at running back and wide receiver. Um, they've got Smith, who's their running back. They got a kid named Bateman, who is their wide receiver. Um, he had 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Their quarterback, Tanner Morgan, uh, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, uh, 2,900 pass yards. Um, so pretty, and he and he he played pretty good too. Tanner Morgan did. Um, so they're a pretty good, pretty good offense. Their defense is pretty good too. So I, I'm interested to kind of see. I think this is going to be the perfect test. Um, of Big Ten versus SEC, um, you've got two very evenly matched teams, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure that I'm leaning one way or the other, but Auburn to me is an interesting team because I think Auburn Auburn lost lost to Georgia by seven, lost to LSU by three at LSU, um, and so Auburn was that team that was just a kind of a couple of um, couple of plays away from really making some noise yeah. this season. Um, they had a super tough schedule, obviously, playing the SEC, playing the SEC West. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they do. Um, Gus Malzahn has kind of bought himself some time, I believe. I think, you know, a few years ago, people were kind of calling for his head. Um, he's kind of saved himself. So those are some things that I'm going to be looking at, but really excited to just kind of see um, – mainly how Bo Nix plays, um, 
what happens with Derek Brown and then um, how Minnesota's offense performs against Auburn's defense. Yeah, so, it's it's are, it's funny you mentioned Gus Malzahn and and his um, always on the hot seat, never on the hot seat type of ordeal. It is. It seems that every <laughs> right. other year they're calling for the firing of him, and he wins just enough games, and then the following year he has like a really good season, and so they're like, "Well, I can't fire yeah. him now," and it's only a matter of time till like next season that he has a bad right. <laughs> another bad year. Um, but right. full transparency, I had no idea that Bo Nix was a, a true freshman. I knew he was new to Auburn, uh, I, but I just assumed, like in the um, you know the college world now, he was some form of transfer. Uh, yeah. My big intrigue comes from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota last year, I, I had it pulled up. So when you said you didn't know the record, I was like, oh, I got you right here. They went six and six last year, um, oh, wow. and so that was with. P.J. Fleck, I believe that was his second year at Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. And this year they turned around and went 10-2. and two. I'm – and as you know, I'm a huge – I like coaches. I'm a big fan of coaches, and I love P.J. Fleck. Um, I, I think that he is a great coach who – I mean, with the whole road the boat and everything, proof that he, he can get players to buy into his system and work hard for him. Um, the last time I remember Minnesota being anything, I mean, I was in like middle school, a guy by the name of Lawrence Maroney was a running back. Um, Mm -hmm. I really remember this because Alabama played them in the music city bowl. Um, but that is the last I had heard of like Minnesota doing anything. And so now that they're becoming relevant again, I really think this is a big game for them. Um, and, and like you said, with these matchups, it's, it's going to be good to see them against a top-tier Auburn team who's 9-3, and three, who barely lost to LSU, who is arguably – we'll talk about one of the top – they're obviously one of the top teams in the nation, but arguably possibly the top team in the nation. Lost by three there. Um, lost to Georgia by seven. Another disappointment we'll talk about later on. Um, <laughs> but the fact – the fact that they um, had took that freshman quarterback, went nine and three, the games they lost, they lost close. They beat big teams. They beat Alabama. They beat Oregon, who turned out to be a good team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a really good matchup for Minnesota. And if anything, I think this is going to be Minnesota's coming out party um, of being the real deal. I know they beat Penn State, and that was a quote-unquote coming out party. Uh, but I think this is going to be their coming out party. And I am going to go ahead and put it on the record. I believe that Minnesota wins this game close, but I am taking Minnesota in this game. Are you, are you going to go out there and take a pick or do you want to yeah, uh, you you lay back? You, um, you bring up a really good point as far as um, I'm in, now that you said, I'm interested to see looking forward to next year, what kind of momentum um, Minnesota does if they win this game or just making it to this game, um, playing against an Auburn team. Um, I think, um, I think I'm leaning towards Auburn, Aaron. This may be our first disagreement on the podcast. I think I'm leaning towards picking Auburn in this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's a tell, tell, um, what's the word? You can flip a coin. Um, 50, 50 heads or tails, 50, 50 heads or tails. Um, but I, I'm I'm leaning to Auburn um, just by a little bit, so I, I would say you know like a twenty-seven twenty-four type game or seventeen to fourteen type game. Oh yeah, it's going to be close. Um, I think it's going to be close. Um, but right here, we're already split. This is our first matchup, first split. I got Minnesota. You got Auburn. Got to mark that down to make sure that I can tell you that I'm right when it happens. Um, (laughs) and our (laughs) all right so then if we want to move on to our our next showcase um this one this one this one this one we're going to talk about the sugar bowl which features georgia versus baylor now my take on this (laughs) i went on the record we actually we both went on the record last week and said that we didn't think Georgia 
stood a chance against LSU. I went a step further and threw a score out there on Twitter. I was off by three po- two. I think it was two points, three points, whatever two it was. Points. Very disappointed by that because I almost nailed it. I do not have much faith in Georgia. I know their record says 11-2. and two. I would argue that when they play the teams from the East, they don't play really anybody. Yes, I know they beat Oregon. I'm not Oregon, Auburn. Um, however, you know, I, we just talked about Auburn. Auburn's a good team. I don't think that really proves me anything. Um, I looked at that LSU game and the way Fromm was playing, the way they're not using, um, I don't think they're, u- they're similar to the Browns. They're not using their run game effectively. Uh, you got one of the right. top running backs in college. Um, And you have the biggest line in football. I mean, for goodness sakes, every time you watch a Georgia game, they show the statistics of their offensive line versus the average NFL offensive line. We know they have a good offensive line or at least at least a big offensive line. Um, And people talk about the defense. Um, My thing is, I think LSU exposed them um, Mm -hmm. really big. and Baylor's defense was able to contain Jalen Hurts, not for one game, but for two games. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they blew a major lead the first time they played Oklahoma, but they got a chance to play him again. And Jalen Hurts tore up every other team he played and was good, but not great against Baylor. I think Baylor takes Georgia's defense or offense neutralizes it like everyone or like uh, not everyone else. I can't say that they went 11 and two, but like LSU did. <laughs> and I think their offense is going to be good enough to put up points on Georgia. And once again, I hate to say it, but I'm going against the SEC in the second straight ball that we're talking about. And I think Baylor beats Georgia close. Baylor's not a team that's going to put up lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of points. Not like when they had RG3. But I think their defense showed us they're good enough to make sure that Georgia's offense doesn't do much um, and that they're able to score and do just enough to give themselves the win. What do you think? Yeah, so, you know, here's the thing about Georgia. (laughs) Is Georgia's... Georgia's a really frustrating team um, because they're that team that for the past, definitely the past two years, probably the past three years, they've been right there. Um, you know, I think in Kirby Smarts, and maybe, maybe it's just a product of him doing so well in his second year, but the second year he leads them to the national championship. They lose to Alabama um, on a, just a crazy play from Tua to um, Devontae Smith. Um, is that his name, Devontae Smith? Yeah, that, and that's when, that's when Tua, they, they, they pulled Tua in to come in for Jalen because Jalen wasn't playing well, and next thing you know, he's throwing a bomb down the field. Yeah. Um, and sen- but since that game, and again, you know, we talked on last week's podcast about how um, psychologically Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan had kind of seemed out of it since the Super Bowl loss. And so I don't know if it's the same thing with Kirby Smart and Jake Fromm or what, but, you know, Georgia's is just kind of – they're just a frustrating team because you expect them to be really good, but they just don't show up in the big games. Um, and the excuse that so many Georgia fans use, like, I, for, those, for those that don't know, I'm a huge Texas fan. Um, and going into the game last year or at the beginning of this year at the Sugar Bowl – um, all I heard from Georgia fans was how they were going to dominate Texas. Um, obviously, if you watch the game, Texas completely dominated Georgia. The, the score was a lot closer than the game actually was. Um, and then the excuses start. Well, we weren't ready. We didn't play a lot of our defensive people. Our defensive coordinator left, blah, blah, all this stuff. And so it's like Georgia fans always have an excuse for why Georgia's not going to show up. So what I'm looking for in this game is I want to see if Georgia shows up to play. Um, you know, last year they could use the excuse, 
they expected to be one of the top four teams and they didn't. Um, this year they, they didn't get in and it wasn't close to them getting in. Um, they were going to have to beat LSU. They got dominated after they got dominated by LSU. There wasn't a chance that they were getting in. So I want to see if Georgia actually shows up against Baylor. Um, I agree with you, Aaron. Baylor's got a really good defensive line. Um, they've got probably one of the better defensive lines across the board. Um, um, in the, in the country. So, um, Interested to kind of see how how that defensive line does. Um, I want to know what's been going on with Jake Fromm as my dog barks in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, New Zealand. Sorry, people. Um, <laughs> I like how you apologize to New Zealand first. Right. Oh, and oh, sorry yeah. for the rest of you, too. <laughs> I've, I've got to keep our – our national audience in New Zealand. I gotta gotta keep them <laughs> keep them involved. Um, I, I don't know what's been going on with Jake Fromm this year. And I was talking to one of my Georgia friends about it, um, and he said, you know, Jake Fromm's first year, he had Jacob Eason that he was competing against. Last year, he had Justin Fields looking over his shoulder. This year, he hasn't really had anybody to to worry about. And so he, he, my friend was saying that to him, he thinks that Jake Fromm kind of just got comfortable this year. Jake Fromm coming into this year, and I'm actually a huge um, Jake Fromm fan. fan. I like the way he plays. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected most of the time. Um, He's he's a solid quarterback. He's not going to wow you with his legs or his arm, but he's he's just a good, solid quarterback that I think is – could have a, a, a pretty decent career at the next level. Um, but coming into this year, you heard a lot about Jake Fromm being one of the top three quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks in the country. Um, you heard about Tua, you heard about Justin Herbert out of Oregon, and then Jake Fromm was that next quarterback that a lot of people were talking about. Um, he was an early Heisman favorite um, coming into the season, and he's just had a year where he hasn't lived up to expectations. Um, he's missed on a lot of easy throws. Um, he's kind of panicked and not trusted his line to, to hold, hold up. Um, he's held onto the ball too long at times. Um, so I've kind of been disappointed in Jake Fromm. So I want to see how he plays, um, against Baylor's defense. Baylor does have a pretty good defense, um, I want to see if Fromm if From has a big game, whether he decides to come back next year or not. Um, from Baylor's side, I want to see how I want to see how good that Georgia defense actually is, like you were talking about, Aaron, um, against a Baylor offense who um, can throw the ball and they can run the ball pretty good too. Um, but Georgia struggles with mobile quarterbacks. They struggle um, with Tua with Jalen. Um, they struggle with with Joe Burrow. Um, they struggled with Sam Ellinger in the Sugar Bowl last year, um, and Charlie Brewer, who's the quarterback at Baylor. He's not. He's obviously not a Tua or a Jalen, but he's more of like a Sam Ellinger, Joe Burrow type um, who can get you those tough yards. Um, and he can tuck the ball and run for you know about ten, fifteen yards. Um, before you really, before you really know what's going on, so um, interested to see if if Kirby Smart can get his team motivated and to see whether Georgia actually shows up or not. Um, I agree with you on this one. I think it's going to be close, but I'm leaning towards second Baylor um, in this game. I think this one probably going to be like a 28-24. But I also think, depending on how Georgia shows up, I think this game could get ugly really quick, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if Baylor blew Georgia out, um, but I'm expecting it to be close. It's interesting how you bring up for from, um about him having competition before and then not having competition now. I think that's a good point of him maybe getting complacent. Um, I also think the more you talk about Fromm and the more I think about a good comparison for Fromm, I think he's almost very similar to Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. However, uh, Andy Dalton's a game manager, uh, yeah. which I feel like Jake Fromm is. Um, 
I feel like Fromm's a great leader. I feel like Dalton's a great leader. Uh, they both have good arms. They both have, for the most part, good accuracy, though Fromm didn't show it this past week. Um, but they're not someone that's going to, like, you're going to sit there and watch mouth wide open as they make amazing play upon amazing play. Correct. Um, they're just going to get the job done or not get the job done, and it's going to feel blah. Either way, like they win and it's like, okay, we won. Uh, But Fromm didn't put up these amazing numbers like we like we're used to seeing with quarterbacks nowadays, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right. So you Um, said, oh, go ahead. Yes. Well, no, uh, you may you may enjoy this. You may agree with this. I was um, listening to somebody talk at at church on Sunday um, and they said, that Jake Fromm reminded them a lot of Matt Ryan. Um, and when he first said it, I was like, ah, I don't know about that. But then he said, you know, Jake Fromm and Matt Ryan are, are both, they're that type of quarterback who they're an average quarterback with um, flashes of brilliance. And as soon as he said that, I was like, that is the most accurate thing for both quarterbacks that I think I've ever heard. Um and that's the, that's the thing about Matt Ryan. That's the thing about, about Andy uh, – not Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton kind of too, actually. But Jake Fromm is he's just an average quarterback with, with flashes of brilliance. Um, he may be above average at times, but, you know, for the most part, like you said, he's not going to wow you with, with his arm talent. Um, but he, he's going to get the job done. Um, so that's a, that's a comparison that I think – I think Andy Dalton's accurate too, but I think, you know, the – the average quarterback with flashes of brilliance is kind of kind of where Fromm's going to land um, himself. So, which is not bad. You can you can have a good career in the NFL doing that. Um, you just can't expect too much from them. It's a good point. That's a really good point. All right, so we are both taking Baylor on that one, and then for the final game, we'll talk about until we discuss the uh, two playoff games. Uh, one would think we might would go Bama, Michigan. Uh, but I personally believe that people won't be playing in that game. Instead, we are going to Utah and Texas at the Alamo Bowl. This is what Donatus has been waiting for his entire life. He's sitting there <laughs> cheering. Ah, Texas is in the Alamo Bowl. We made it. This is what we live for. We're back. <laughs> We're back at seven and five in the Alamo Bowl. Can't stop <laughs> us now. All right. That's what, enough. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's enough out of here. <laughs> so go ahead and give us, give us, and I'm kind of taking, I have, I don't know too much about these two teams. I'm very interested in it for two reasons. Um, I'm going to let you go first. And then I will give my hot takes and less informed takes. Uh, take it away, Dantas. Yeah, so um, it's well documented. I'm a huge Texas fan. Um, I've been a Texas fan since like 07, I think, 06. Um, 06, yeah, it was right after they beat USC in the Rose Bowl. So I, I don't get to count that national championship. So since I've been a Texas fan, we have not had a national championship. We lost to Alabama. Um, that's a different rant for a different time. Um, so, yeah, you know, Texas, we've had a really frustrating year, man. Um, obviously, we went, I think, 10-4 and four last year. Um, beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Sam Ellinger made the bowl proclamation that Texas was back. And as soon as he said it, I was like, we're, we're not going to have a good year next year. But, um, you know, coming to the season, we're ranked at the top 15. Um, it's, I don't even know where to start with Texas, man. Um, Tom Herman's just made some boneheaded coaching decisions. Um, you know, like he's that coach that is going to onside kick the ball after halftime, um, for no reason. Like you're not down or you're up. Like he just does it to, to surprise people, I guess. Like he likes an element of surprise. Um, Tom Herman is, is, has been touted for his offensive 
uh, for his offense. Um, and since he's gone into Texas, we haven't had one of those top offenses. Um, Sam Ellinger came into the year as a dark horse to win the Heisman, took a step back this year. Um, last year, Sam Ellinger ran through for like 25 touchdowns, ran for 16. Um, this year, he threw for 29, only ran for two touchdowns. Um, Texas had injuries to their running backs. Um, our stud of receiver, Colin Johnson, who's like 6'6", he didn't have a good year. I think he finished with like 40-something receptions for 400 yards and maybe like five touchdowns. Um, so just not, not, not the kind of year that Texas was hoping for. But, you know, no excuses, especially when you're, when you're Texas and you say that you're back. Um, you've got to show up. Um, I'm actually kind of worried about this game. Um, I didn't watch Utah play a lot until I saw them play Oregon um, in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, but Utah's got a quarterback. His name is Tyler Huntley. Um, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, they've got a kid. Um, his name is his last name is Moss. I'm not sure what his first name is. Um, Zach Moss um, ran for 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. Um, Texas has always struggled against the run um, and struggled against the pass. We, we struggled on defense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not a good, not good defensively, so that concerns me. Um, Texas has always been prone to giving up the big plays. I don't know too much about this kid Moss. I don't know if he breaks a, out a bunch of um, of big yardage or not, but I would imagine running for thirteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, he's probably got big play potential. Um, so that concerns me. Um, but the thing that kind of makes me feel better about this game is Texas always does good as the underdog, and Utah's a seven-point favorite. Um, the Alamo Bowl is played in Texas. I'm not sure where exactly. I don't know if it's in Dallas or Fort Worth or, or San where Antonio. It's San Antonio. There you go. Um, well, duh, it's the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, oh man um so texas texas usually plays good in the um when we're the underdog so and playing in san San antonio is kind of like a home game for us um so i imagine the texas faithful will be there um but i just i don't know you know i i could see it going either way i could see texas kind of showing up and, and dominating. Um, I could also see them kind of playing disappointed because obviously we didn't have the year that we expected to, to have um, and getting blown out. So um, surprisingly enough, I don't know that I'm leaning one way or the other towards this game. Um, I, I want to take Texas because Texas that's my team, but I'm just I'm, – I'm honestly concerned, man. Um I don't know. I don't know which Texas team is going to show up. Um, this is the same Texas team that dropped 38 on LSU, um, only lost to LSU by seven in Texas, um, played Oklahoma close, um, and then we lost to, like, TCU, um, lost to – got dominated by Baylor, lost to Iowa State. Um, so I think if the Texas team from the LC game shows up, I think we could we could we could beat Utah. Um, but if the Texas team from like the other games show up, then then Utah's probably going to beat us. So yeah, I I like you. Um, I I don't know much <laughs> about Utah. My experience with Utah is watching them get beat down by Oregon. Um, what, what makes this game kind of interesting and weird to me is the Alamo Bowl isn't one of those, like, sexy bowl games that you hope to go to. Um, right. And you have – and especially for, like, Utah, who was really bidding for a playoff spot all the way up to championship week. And now at 11-2, and two, they're playing in the Alamo Bowl versus – a seven and five Texas. It's a good like, point. I know the Alamo Bowl isn't isn't just a a shoddy, terrible bowl, but it's not one of those that you look at as eleven and two team hoping to get to play in if you can't play in the playoff. Right. Um, 
so I'm wondering how much of that loss to Oregon, not necessarily that you have to play in the Alamo Bowl, but that loss to Oregon is going to kind of um, motivate Utah. Like, are they that type of team? Like, I know Alabama historically, they don't make it to the title game or they don't make it to the playoff. And then they just seem to not show up for any bowl games. Um, right. Like, I remember a few years back, Alabama was doing great. They lost in the SEC title game to Florida, and then they got absolutely curb stomped by Utah. Um, mm -hmm. And so I don't know if this Utah team is going to be like that, like, oh, we missed the playoff. Now we're just going to sit out, hope we make the NFL, and get beat down by a Texas team that had no hope of making the playoff. Um, likewise, I think, and I've told you several times, uh, and we disagree on this, that I'm a – big or has have been a big Tom Herman fan. Um, now I'm going to preface that with, I have not watched much Texas football like you have. Uh, so the mistakes and the decisions that he's making, I have not watched. I just really liked him at Houston. Um, one thing that I thought would happen <clears throat> is that he would show up in Texas and he would do in Texas what he was able to do in Houston and make y'all a juggernaut again, um, right. which, which you're no longer a, a slouch team. Um, like for years, Texas had become, um, I want to say a slouch team, but a we had become a slouch team. Okay. There we go. You can <laughs> say a slouch team. Like we lost to Kansas a few years ago. That, you're, you're a slouch team. If you lost to Kansas, uh, so they, Kansas in football, so you became a slouch team and now they're, like, like you said, they're competing with LSU. They're competing with Oklahoma, but yet they can still turn around and lose by 10 to a TCU that is not the same TCU that had dominated for years past and lose right. to Iowa State, who I can't decide if they're good or not. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this is going to be an interesting game for the main point that you never know what Texas team you're going to get. And Utah is 11 and two team being forced to play in a not as big bowl game. Um, I think ultimately as great of a season as Utah has had, um, I do think Texas gets it done. Um, I do not think it's a big differential, but Texas has proven they can actually put up points. Um, mm -hmm. And due to that, I believe Texas ends up beating Utah um, and maybe that can springboard them into uh, next season. Yeah, we can hope so, man. It's kind of um, – if it's not this game, next year is definitely going to be a prove-it year for Tom Herman. He's 24-15. and 15. Um, He went 7-6, and six, I think, the first year. Obviously, last year he went 10-4. and four. Um, And then this year we're sitting at 7-5 and five again. Um but he's won all his bowl games for what that counts. You know, so yeah. he, bit, he beat Missouri his first year, beat Georgia last year. Um, and then he's done pretty good. He, I don't know. We'll see what happens this year. So it's kind of a prove it game and a prove it. It's going to be a prove it off season and year for Tom Herman um, at Texas. All right. And so now the moment we've all been waiting for, and what I have not told you, Donatus, is I have ranked these myself and the order that I think is most intriguing, we'll talk about the least intriguing of the two first, uh, both of which are still intriguing. But the first game we'll talk about is the Fiesta Bowl, which is Ohio State versus Clemson. Um, so this is the two versus the three. What are your thoughts? Uh, thought number one is I'm surprised that you said that this is the least interest intriguing one of the two for you. Um, well, I'm interested have, to hear what you have to say. I have biases on the other one, but true. <laughs> so how <laughs> true? Good for it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Clemson versus Ohio State. Um, Clemson's that team that neither Ohio State or LSU wanted to to have to play. Um, in this first round, um, Clemson, I think, is is definitely one of the top three, if not top one or two teams in the country. Um, Texas, Clemson's problem is they don't really play anybody. 
it's kind of a joke. Not kind of, but it is. Um, <laughs> and so the problem is Clemson beats like – I mean, like, here's the score to some of their games. Uh, they beat Virginia 62-17. to They beat NC State 55-10. to They beat Wake Forest 52-3. to um, Boston College 59-7. Louisville 45 to 10, Florida State 45 to 14. Um, the one close game that they had was against North Carolina at North Carolina. Um, you know, but even when Clemson played Texas A&M, they beat Texas A&M 24 to, to 10. So um, this is definitely their first test. Um, I'm excited to see whether this is a high scoring game or whether this is a low scoring game, because I think it's going to go either way I don't think it's going to be in between you know like I think it's either going to be um like a 38-35 or 44-48-45 game or it's going to be like a a 17 to 10 maybe like a 20 to 17 game um for the longest time Ohio State's problem was Ohio State had this amazing offense that would put up tons of points um but their defense would give up a lot of points right so Ohio State would score 45 but their defense would give up 48 or their defense would would give up you know 42 and they would only beat them by by um so interested to see um justin fields trevor lawrence um kind of the the quote-unquote future of college football um excited to see both those two kind of go head to head um, excited to see these defenses. Um, I want to see which defense actually is able to slow down the other offense. Um, I want to see how Clemson plays. Do they play um, with a lot to prove since a lot of people have, have doubted them? Um, Dabo Sweeney's really good at motivating his team. You know, like he came up and said, everybody doubted us. Nobody thought we would be here. You know, like all that stuff. I'm like, Dabo, dude, come on, man. Like we was going to be here you know like you're you're not fooling anybody um so you know just Trev Lawrence I think started off struggling at the beginning part of the season um he was a lot of people's Heisman um favorite coming into the year um and obviously like he's not even one of the finalists for the for the Heisman on the other side you got Justin Fields who at Georgia um, Georgia misused Justin Fields. Um, but I don't know that anybody really thought that he was going to have the year that he had. Like, looking at his stats, um, he threw for 2,900 yards. He threw for 40 touchdowns and one interception, um, which is insane to throw for one interception all year. I, I actually don't know how accurate that is, but I, I'm looking <laughs> at ESPN, so it's got to be pretty accurate. Um which is it's mind boggling to think you could play an entire year and only throw for one interception against 40 touchdowns. Um, they're running back JK Dobbins, one of the best running backs in the country. Um, 1800 yards, 20 touchdowns. Um, they've got good receivers. Then you got Clemson on the other side, Trevor Lawrence, 34 touchdowns, eight interceptions, Travis eating it. ETN, 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. T. Higgins, 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, so it seems like one of those games where there's going to be a lot of um, offensive firepower going back and forth, um, but those defenses are really good too. I want to see um, Chase Young, the defensive end out of um, out of Ohio State. I want to see if he's kind of able to um, solidify himself as a potential number one draft pick. Um, he's definitely going to go in the top five. I think he's probably going to go in the top three, but I think if he has a monster game, um, he might end up being number one. Um, so those are some things that I'm kind of looking at. Um, if I had to pick, man, that's tough. I think, I think I'm taking Clemson, um, just because they've been there, they've done it. And it's really hard for me to bet against Dabo Sweeney. I'm a huge Dabo Sweeney fan. Um, so I think I'm taking Clemson, um, I'd say I think it's going to be an offensive game, 48 to, to 45 type game. Yeah, you, you took a lot of my, my points right out of my mouth. Um, uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. We're just, we're, we are on, <laughs> on par with each other on this one. Um, 
You know, I the biggest difference is I don't know if I would say that Georgia misused um, Justin Fields. I, I don't know if I blame mm-hmm. Georgia for um, sticking with Fromm. I mean, Fromm had just taken them to a title game not long before. He did not play bad uh, in the season that they sat Fields in favor of Fromm. Um, and it's really hard to make that decision. I just, I, I, I like you, I, I did not think that when Justin Fields went to Ohio State that he was going to blow up like he did. I didn't think he was going to have near the, um, the season he did. I knew that they were losing Urban Meyer because uh, Urban Meyer was stepping away, and he still chose Ohio State. And I believe I texted you at one point saying that this was going to be the biggest mistake of his career because right. he had the chance to go to Oklahoma uh, with uh, Lincoln Riley, who is a quarterback whisperer. He opted to go to Ohio State, who has a – I don't know if he's uh, – his name Ryan Day, maybe the head coach. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is his first time being a head coach. And I was like, he is making a huge mistake by going to Ohio State. And boy, did he prove me wrong. Um, I mean, he lit it up at Ohio State. Um, I agree their offense is um, lethal. Um, I also believe that Clemson's mm-hmm. offense is legal, legal is lethal. Though they had some, they 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 tripped up a little bit. So like against South Carolina, they only put up thirty eight. Now South Carolina was. Um, not a complete slouch, but, you know, not a great team. And then they had that trip up right. against UNC. Um, but it's hard, to, it's hard to bet against Dabo Sweeney. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like, I like Dabo Sweeney as a head coach. I think he is a phenomenal football mind. Uh, like you said, he is a mm-hmm. great motivator. Um, Clemson has been here, I believe, every – Every year, if not almost every year, that they've had the playoffs um, and they've been playing for the title, I want to say, for like the past four years. Um, right. Clemson is a yeah. – even though it's college and you graduate people and they leave and they move on, uh, they are a very experienced team when it comes to playing in the playoffs. They know what to expect and they know mm-hmm. what to do when they get there. And for that reason, I do think Clemson comes away with the win. Um, I do not think it's a low-scoring game. I think this is a shootout. Um, Both defenses, yes, are good, but I think the offenses are even better. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Looking at Chase Young, I am excited to see what kind of impact he makes. I think he is a top-two pick. Um, and the only mm-hmm. thing that determines that in my mind is whether or not the Bengals go with it. Uh, Cause I've decided the Bengals are going to be the number one pick is whether or not the Bengals go with Joe Burrow or not. And if they don't go with Joe Burrow, um, I believe they go with chase young because like the Browns went miles Garrett. I think you take the best available. I just, I, I mean, I'm interested yeah. to see how he does against this pro style offensive line that Clemson has. Uh, but I do think Clemson, Wins this game, um, like what you said, similar within the 45 to 41 range up there in the 40s. Uh, but I do think they move on in advance. Yeah. And now, so we both took, do we both take Clemson on that? We're about to right, so I think so far we've agreed on everything but Auburn, Minnesota. And yeah, our last game to pick, the one that I pegged as the most interesting game of the two is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which we played right here in Atlanta, Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We have Oklahoma taking on LSU. Now, I said that personally, I've grown up an Alabama fan and I am a huge Jalen Hurts fan. I think Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I think he's a great quarterback. And I think by linking up with Lincoln Riley only made him that much better because he did at Alabama have some accuracy throwing issues. He got pegged as just a running quarterback, but he couldn't throw that well. And Lincoln Riley solved that issue and got Jalen Hurts throwing. He is a Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, And though I don't think he wins it, I do hope that he wins it 
for one reason and one reason only, and you're going to hate to hear this, but it's going to give Lincoln Riley three straight highs. I love Lincoln Riley as head coach as well. Three straight Heisman Trophy winners, and not just three straight winners, three different quarterbacks that only started for him. Like I think Baker started for him like two years, Kyler one year, and Jalen Hurts one year. I mean, no, no. This is only his third year as a head coach. Three different quarterbacks, three different years, three different trophies. I think that would be unprecedented. And that would just, I mean, it would blow everyone's minds. But what was I saying? So I went on and on about Lincoln Riley. Okay. I wish you could do <laughs> But anyway. I've <laughs> never been so disgusted before in my life. This offense of Oklahoma <laughs> – is a really, really good offense. Um, yeah. I do not believe that LSU has that great of a defense. Um, I mean, obviously they shut down Georgia, but and it's going to make our Georgia fans even more mad. But let's be real, <laughs> they weren't that good. <laughs> and so, looking at at Oklahoma's offense, looking at LSU's defense. I mean, Alabama put up points on points on points on LSU. Likewise, LSU did the same thing to Alabama. Um, I'm thinking that Oklahoma is going to put on a scoring frenzy um, against LSU. But I also believe that LSU and the Burroughs are going to put up just as many points up on Oklahoma. I think this is going to be a shootout for the ages. I think that this is going to be a game that we are talking about for years to come because of how great of a game it is. Um, I think Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow are going to go neck or, or touchdown for touchdown back and forth the whole game. Um, I'm interested to see how Ed Orgeron does on the big stage for the first time. It's not a championship game. But to see uh, Coach O and his real gruffy, can't really understand voice on the on the press <laughs> circuit to talk about this Peach Bowl and and they're the number one team in the country and they leapfrogged Ohio State, which I thought was amazing in and of itself because I thought that Ohio State had locked that thing up. Um, I feel like I'm speaking in circles, not really getting anywhere. I'm just stating a whole bunch of facts um, and feelings. But I think this is going to be a really exciting game to watch. Um, Joe Burrow, former Ohio State player, um, had a had right. a mediocre year at LSU last year, um, and then I don't think anyone expected this. Like mm-hmm. Joe Burrow stepped on the scene, and he has just been killing it. Unlike Jalen Hirscher, we knew that he was a great player because his record spoke, spoke for itself. We did not know Joe Burrow was a great player. And right. he has shown us that he can hang with the top quarterbacks in the league. And I think he ends up – I think realistically he ends up winning the Heisman because he has a really great resume. Um, yeah. But in this game, the shootout that I spoke circles around, and just went on and on about Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts and how great <laughs> they are. I am going with LSU to win this game. I think all around they have more talent. They have two great receivers. They have a stellar running back. I think Jalen Hurts has a great game. I think LSU takes them down to move on to play Clemson in the national championship game. What do you think, Donatus? Yeah, you know, you make a lot of good points. I think with this um, with this game, I'm kind of interested in, like, the sub-stories, mm-hmm. right? So, um, for the longest time, Oklahoma's knock has been, like Ohio State, Oklahoma has had a defense. Um, you could score 30, 40-plus points on them, no problem. Um, this year, Oklahoma's defense has done a lot better. What makes it interesting is, and I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure the time frame, but Joe Burrow obviously travel tra- transferred from Ohio State. The defensive coordinator for Oklahoma came from Ohio State. Um, so I want to see how well does – I think the guy's name is Alex Grinch or something like that. Let's see how well he knows 
Joe Burrow, and if he has an answer for um, this tear that Joe Burrow has been on, um, Jalen Hurts has experience playing LSU's defense, um, mm-hmm. having spent time at Alabama. Um, LSU's defense was not as good this year as a lot of people expected them to be. Um, but I want to see, you know, Jalen Hurts, you're, so you're not just talking about Lincoln Riley getting to scheme up against a defense. You're talking about a quarterback who has experience seeing this defense um, as recently as last year. Um, how, how well does Jalen Hurts play against um, this LSU defense? Um, so those are two things that I'm looking for. Obviously, this is good for the um, the NCAA with the um, the direction that the transfer portal has started to take and how big um, that's starting to become, how much of a story that's starting to become. Um, in your playoffs, you've got three of the four starting quarterbacks are transfers. Um, in this game, you've got Joe Burrow, who transferred from Ohio State two years ago, taking on Jalen Hurts, who transferred from Alabama just this past offseason. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think everybody knows, 26-2, and two, um, a national championship, was in the Heisman running. Um, Tua came, took a spot. Um, but, you know, Jalen sat behind Tua for a year very patiently. This was his chance. Um, he linked up with Lincoln Riley, like you said, and um, it's been it's been a match made in heaven. Um, I think this has been really good for Jalen Hurts' career. Um, I think coming to Oklahoma is going to help Jalen Hurts become a a pretty decent quarterback at the next level. Um, you know, like you said, he had he had the reputation for being a running quarterback at Alabama. Um, he's proved that he can throw the ball this year, and he can throw with some of the best of them. Um, C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma, one of the top wide receivers in the country. Um, if he comes out, he's going to be a top ten pick. Um, you know, I put him right up there with the, with the kids from Alabama um, as far as top wide receivers in the country. C.D. Lamb's a, he's just a, he's a he's a baller. Um, so kind of kind of interested. I'm I'm excited because it seems like both these semifinal games. Um, are going to be high-scoring games. I think um, this game is going to be high-scoring, too. Um, I think the offenses are going to throw the ball all over the place. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Lincoln Riley, and we'll get into this closer to the end of the um, the NFL season to see what, what, what teams come calling Lincoln Riley's name. Um Lincoln Riley has a chance to really prove himself with this game. Um, if he goes in and upsets LSU um, and somehow leads Oklahoma to a national championship, um, those those calls from the NFL are going to get louder and louder. He's got a $4 million buyout, but I don't think any team's going to hesitate to pay that off. Um, so interested to see how Lincoln Riley does on the big stage. Um he too doesn't always show up on the big stage. Um, a few years ago, he lost to um, to Georgia with Baker. Him and Baker Mayfield lost to Georgia in overtime um, last year. He got dominated by Alabama. Um, so Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma kind of have that reputation for making it to the playoffs, but then getting blown out. Um, so interested to see with Jalen Hurts because um, Jalen Hurts is just that dude, man. Like he doesn't care. Um, so I think I think that's been good for for Oklahoma. Interested to see how they how they end up doing um, with this. I think if I had to um, if I had to pick um, a score or a game, I am going to go with uh, LSU as well. Um, and I think it's going to be like a forty two thirty five. I just think. Burrow and LSU is going to be too much for Oklahoma to handle. You, you talked about LSU's um, receivers and their running backs, so I won't spend too much time on that. But um, this has just kind of seemed like since probably week two or three, like it was going to be LSU's year. Um, and I think they just continue to dominate the way that they have all year. Um, so I think they beat Oklahoma and move on to play Clemson as well in the, in the national title game. Wow, we only disagreed. 
on one game. It was our very first game we I talked know. about. <laughs> I know, man. This podcast has been weird because we, we at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how we used to disagree all the time. This is the first time we and our, we're making ourselves liars and agreeing on everything. I know. <laughs> I will. I know. There you have it, folks. There is our takes on some of what we consider the most interesting games coming up in bowl season. Uh, is there one that you think is more interesting or do you think that we got it right or wrong? Please feel free. Let us know. Reach out to us on social media. Um, let us know in any reviews on the podcast and share, subscribe, whatever you do with podcasts. Um, <laughs> send it out to your friends and ask them what they think. Um, but outside of that, this has been another episode of Once Upon East 112. Uh, please make sure to come back again next week.